Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a special combination episode, combo movie review slash movie interview. We'll call it a super episode here today. I'm actually here today to talk about a little movie called My Exposed, which uh, if you follow our episodes on 24, as we started covering 24 season one, in the lead up to us covering 24... Uh, we interviewed several cast members, one of which was Leslie Hope, who was the uh, one of the lead actors in season one of 24, playing uh, Terry Bauer. And uh, in the middle of the interview we had on her in 24, she mentioned this project that she'd worked on, that she'd produced and starred in, which she kind of looked at as sort of her swan song to acting as she's transitioned now more into directing and producing behind the camera. And she described this movie, Lie Exposed to Us, and ran down you know, all the people involved in it, the cast and everything, and kind of got us really excited about this little movie that she made. And uh, you know, coincidentally, uh, after we'd sort of mentioned, oh yeah, maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that at some point, I stumbled across the movie on Crave TV here in Canada and watched it and absolutely loved the movie. And, you know, uh, we were lucky to reach out to uh, Leslie again and uh, a couple of her other uh, creative forces behind the camera on this movie Lie Exposed and put together this big interview with the three of them. So we're going to be talking to uh, three people here today. Leslie Hope, who's both the star and producer of Lie Exposed, also a Canadian director extraordinaire, uh, award-winning director of television, film. Uh, He's probably best known uh, for doing the uh, biography biopic on uh, Trudeau, one of the most famous prime ministers Canada's ever had, uh, as well as several other uh, TV and feature film projects uh jerry chikoridi the director of lie exposed as well and uh the third person we're talking to here is actually the screenwriter who uh, came up with lie exposed originally for the stage and then transitioned it uh, into being a feature film jeff cober who himself is also an actor who appears in this movie in a small role as the photographer uh the the man behind the art show that this movie is based around uh jeff if you you know, follow his acting you're probably more familiar with him from um as an actor sons of anarchy and the walking dead uh but here he's uh, a little bit in front of the camera mostly behind the camera and it was great to talk to all three of them and just to give people a bit of a background on the movie lie exposed the plot is very simple it's very straightforward uh, but the movie itself gets kind of complex in how it's told it's essentially leslie hope playing an actress who is diagnosed with cancer and and after finding out about this uh, diagnosis really leaves town Her, her husband played by bruce greenwood she just sort of leaves him goes off, gets involved with a photographer, uh, and then it sort of flashes back forward again as it's following the art show unveiling this photography and uh, the project that she'd been involved in. The flip side of this is that she's also a recovering alcoholic, and there's a lot of drama behind that, and you know her recovery combined with obviously her diagnosis and the drama behind that. Uh, the movie goes beyond just her character, though, and I think this is one of the things that fascinated me most about this, is that 
the timeline goes all over the place. So so at certain parts of the movie, you're seeing the art show and all of the friends that Leslie Hope's character has invited to this party and a lot of recognizable actors that are in there. And you see their interactions with her and with each other, meeting people at this art gallery opening of this uh, photography display. And then it'll cut away and you'll see these characters and what happened afterwards. And some of it's very simple. It's just these couples saying, you know, I really like this photography and other people, the the photography is kind of risque in this movie, just to put it mildly. Uh, And one person may respond positively to the photography and the other one doesn't. It just sort of gets discussions going. And, you know, there's also uh, one of my favorite stories in this movie involves a very lonely man who meets up with a a uh, very, um, what would be the word, uh, assertive, friendly woman. <laughs> uh, two of my favorite Canadian actors, David Hewlett and Kristen Lehman, who, I mean, both of them are just like absolutely electrifying if you've seen them in anything. And they're sort of two strangers who meet and then get together after the show. And it's just all about this little art show and how it sort of affects the people around it and uh, the discussions that sort of come about through this. It's really just a really fascinating character study. And I, I have to say, I watched this movie in one shot, didn't expect to sort of didn't know what else to watch one night while I was trying to go to sleep, figured I'd pop this on. I heard Leslie talking about this in the interview and then didn't go to sleep until it was done. I mean, the movie really did blow me away. We're going to talk to all three of them here in a second and then uh, come back a little bit on the end and just tell people how they can find this movie. Uh, So here is our Lie Exposed interview with producer slash star Leslie Hope, director Jerry Ciccariti, and screenwriter slash actor Jeff Kober. All right, we are thrilled to have three of the creative forces behind a great new Canadian movie out there called Lie Exposed, which we've talked about a little bit. And uh, we're going to introduce them here to you today. Uh, we're going to start with the woman who actually brought this movie to our attention because uh, you last heard her about a month, a little over a month ago, uh, talking about a little show called 24 that she was on. And she kindly plugged this movie at the end and got us very excited about it as she talked about it. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Leslie Hope, the star and I guess producer as well of Lie Exposed. Thank you very much for having me, Colin. I would say I hijacked that interview about 24, wouldn't you? (laughs) But I'm glad you did because now it's led to this. (laughs) And also on the line here, uh, we have the director of Lie Exposed, uh, a great uh, almost I'll say iconic Canadian director uh, who's done pretty much everything <laughs> in the history of this country, almost. Uh, Jerry Ciccariti. Jerry, first time on the show, but thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. And also with us is uh, the man, I guess, who came up with the idea of Lie Exposed, wrote the movie, and uh, even manages to appear in it uh, as a photographer, Jeff Kober. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us as well. Uh, thanks so much for having us. It's really exciting to be here with uh, these two these two fellas. The the funny thing is that I actually have the first question for you, Jeff, because what I didn't even realize until after I had watched this movie is that uh, this was based on, I guess, a play as well. So, I mean, you you kind of came up with the idea for this and originally had it as a stage play. Is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about the history of where Lie Exposed came from? I was writing a screenplay with a, a friend of mine, Susan Trailer, and uh, we had... A uh, couple of actors in the in the in the story, and they needed to be working on a scene from a play. And I was just going to steal a scene from some play and uh, you know lightly disguise it. And then I came up with this idea of this couple coming home from a uh, an art show where they had seen some graphic uh, images and the argument they had about that. And and so I wrote that scene, and I was also teaching acting at the time, so I you know, gave it to a couple of my actors so I could work it out and see what worked and what didn't. 
and they just fell in love with the scene and they said did did anyone else go to this this show I, yeah, I suppose there were other couples. And so I started writing these different couples who saw the show and had different reactions to it and wrote it as a, 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 a theater piece and always had a Leslie Hope as the as my she was, you know, she was the model for who this woman was. And because uh, I've known her for a very long time and I'm a great admirer of her in so many ways. And, you know, and so we I wrote the 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 piece and you know we did a couple of readings of it and leslie did one of them and then she said she wanted to make a movie out of it and here we are wow and so leslie you were involved as a producer kind of from the beginning then that's right yeah i think um uh well i was hugely flattered to be considered as an actor by cobra it wasn't necessarily my intention to act or keep acting i mean i've since retired i'm happy to say i hung up my cleats on this job uh, but I really thought that it was a, a movie that could be made. And Jerry and I, besides working together as as him with, as a director, me as an actor before, we, we had often talked about trying to work together again. So there's no question in my mind that Jerry's the right guy to direct it if we could get it together as a movie. And it sort of just went like that, like, let's do it. And we did. <laughs> right? Yeah, and Jerry, you, you you guys were mentioning off air as well. You guys, you know, had, had done a movie prior to this too. I mean, how long had there had there been talks prior to Lie Exposed about you know other projects to work on together? Or was this the first time where something was sort of brought to you and you're like, you know, this feels like the right thing where we can make this? Well, Leslie and I, I mean, I've always looked upon Leslie. She's heard me say this before. It's like my my sister from another mother. She's uh, she's a great artist and a force of nature, and and you know my favorite person on the planet, aside from my daughter. Uh, and um, uh, we just have a great time together as human beings. And uh, this shows through in the stuff that we did together. We actually made a couple movies together, you know, feature. We did uh, a couple of uh, TV movies together. Um, it always seemed that we would continue to work together, uh, but there wasn't there wasn't a sense of let me correct me if I'm wrong, Leslie. There was never a sense of like, okay, well, what can we find to get to do next? There was always this kind of like unspoken confidence that, well, we're always just going to keep doing shit together, right? That's and that was that was that was kind of it, right? And then this came up, and she uh, she brought it to me, but she brought it to me in a very very specific context, which was I found this thing. I want to learn how to be a great producer, but more importantly, I want to hang up my cleats as an actor. And this is this is my my farewell to to, uh, to acting. And you think this is uh, 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 you know in your wheelhouse, and you'd like to do it. It's not a Reddit, and it was a combination of two things. I love the piece, which is you know what what Colbert wrote. Um, it really touched me, and I could see myself in it, which is always an important thing. And also, you know, Leslie's vision of oh, I get to help her do this thing, you know, just so. Uh, Say goodbye to acting. So I was very honored uh, by that, and it was those two things that kind of said made me say, "Yeah, yeah, let's uh, do this." The thing that I actually enjoyed about the movie most was, uh, and for one, it felt very distinctly Canadian. I, I think anybody can enjoy this movie, but uh, if if you grew up, I guess particularly in the '90s, uh, there was a, a very similar style that this has. Uh, a lot of, I, I guess, a good example would be you know the Sweet Hereafter, for example. Uh, this idea of all these little characters connected. And you only kind of find out at the end and, and then the, the timelines, you know, let's let's shift from this timeline, let's go back and all over the place. Was that something that was in it from the beginning or, or who kind of brought that to the table of we want to be able to follow this couple at the end of the night, but then go back and see what brought them there? It's interesting that you say that because it's actually the, the piece is actually written by an American. Mm-hmm. And- 
And, and dirty, although, secret, dirty secret. <laughs> now dirty secret. There's another lie exposed. Yes. <laughs> another lie exposed. Uh, but uh, I had to look up credits on IMDb. It's not that big a secret. Um, and uh, although there was a lot of changes to it as it went from play to screenplay, the the central structure of an event in an art gallery intercut with a bunch of reactions to it, but we don't really know what it what it's about until the end, right? There's mm-hmm. a bunch of other changes to it, but that's the essential thing. That that was always there. So in a sense, there was nothing really necessarily Canadian about that sort of timeline structure, the delay of the mystery, but the whole thing because of the source, which is uh, which is Jeff. Uh, so it's, I find it really interesting that you. Uh, that you pick up on the kind of a Canadianness. Uh, well, I, I am from Montana, which is very close to. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, red, we share the Red River, so. And, and Jeff, you appear in this as well. Now, when when you had this on stage, uh, did you play the same role, or were you just the guy, you know, writing it down yeah. and then hand it off to a different photographer? The very first time I I uh, did a reading of it, there was a photographer character. And he took away from the story. So I got rid of him. Hmm. And it was, everything took place at this party. And then after the party, and I took him out of all the party scenes. And, uh, and so, no, I, I didn't, I just wanted to watch it. Another fascinating thing, just since we're on the subject of what was there in the play and what wasn't there in the uh, movie or vice versa, is that in the play, there are no images. We don't have any images because because it made more sense to not have the images. So then having to do the, the, the movie was like, oh my God, now I've got to come up with a way of shooting these images. And it was just, it was, it was, it was painful. Uh, because I, I hadn't built that into the equation of, uh, of, of challenge. And let, let me just say that Jeff in real life is the photographer, is a photographer yes. of tintype plates. And it, those are his images that we look at, not only of the character, oh, wow. but the stuff that's at the end. And that's uh also something that he brings it so so integral to the movie is that yeah. art is his. Did you get to collect like an extra, you know, bonus on the side for having three roles in this movie? Um, I, I got to be in the movie and uh, <laughs> as, I, I was a special, it wasn't special needs. It was special skills, special, special skills. Skill skills. Special skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's an interesting little bit of uh, trivia. The whole uh, tintype photography art form that is central to the movie and that Jeff is a, is a master of is also a hobby shared with Mr. Gary Oldman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that about him. Yeah. We go to the same uh, photography store in, uh, in L.A. 20 years from now, you know, maybe Gary Oldman's like, you know, I want to reboot this. Do Lie Exposed 2? I can come in as the photographer. <laughs> I, 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 you should, you should write him a letter. Yeah. <laughs> you need to talk to the producer first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Leslie, did you have any hesitation? You know, cause I, I think we talked a little bit about when you were on, uh, when we talked about 24, that you had sort of decided to, you know, step away from acting, just focus full time on directing. Uh, was that decision made prior to this movie or were you just sort of waiting for, cause I know you had a couple of, you know, uh, TV shows like suits and everything that you were working on prior. Were you just waiting for, I want to have one send off movie and this feels like the right one. I don't know that it was quite that specific, but I'd been trying to escape from the acting circuit for years and really directing of it all had been riding tandem. And I was just looking for the moment where I could really, really get out. The truth of the matter is right before Lie Exposed, 
I was doing, um, I'm just going to say it, a, a not very good TV show. And the notion of going out on that TV show as an end to my career, which at that point was almost 40 years worth, it's like, it's just too embarrassing. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I, I, I finished off that TV show, made a little bit of money to help make um, Lie Exposed. But it was very, by the time we were making it, it was clear to me that I didn't want to do anything else. Like that was really the way to, to be done. Um, and I had no, not only did I have no regrets, I had no second thoughts about it while I was in the throes mm. of that. Decision. It, and I was aware of it while we were making the movie, that's for sure. And um, it was it was easy actually to be able to go out like that. Jerry, I'm assuming you probably, you know, had to shoot all the little individual sequences on their own. As far as like the main party scene that, that is the focus of this movie, that the art gallery opening, how long was the shoot for that? And then was this on a soundstage or did you get a real art gallery? Cause it feels very real too. You know, I've, I haven't been in many art galleries in my life, but uh, you know, walked past a couple or whatever. That is such a huge focus of the movie. Did, did you have to find one that just perfectly suited what I'm guessing was probably the largest part of the shoot? Uh, yeah, uh, we, well, see, so, something that's, that's you got to understand is how Leslie and I, as producer and director, sort of built the production of the movie. You know, obviously we, we, we did it at a, 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 a um, modest budget level and uh, we had uh, all these wonderful actors come in to, uh, to uh, work, at, again, at a, at, a, at a modest fee. And we had kind of an A and a B structure to the movie, depending on how we, how we could make it as easy as possible for the actors, right? So we knew that we needed three days to shoot that party scene. And then all the other uh, two-handers, one needed two days, one needed a day. There were a couple that were like half days. So the A and B versions of the movie were, were, were um, version A, the typical movie, which is we get 10 days in a row, three days for the, uh, for the art gallery, and then two days in a day and whatever, we shoot the whole thing as one. And the other version was more modular, where we could do three days if everybody was in town. And if people had to leave to do other work, we could come back a month later and get this couple for a day and get that couple for a day, that kind of thing. As it turned out, luck was on our side uh, and everybody was in town around the same time. I take it back. It was a combination of luck. A lot of people were in town, but a lot of people were so in love with the project and with Leslie's leadership that they're like, you know, I'm, I'm not in town, but I'm going to fly in town for a couple of days and help you guys out. So everybody was together. So we were able to shoot the movie like a regular movie in a very short, short amount of time. But yeah, the party scene was three days to do, uh, to do it all. And in a real gallery called uh, Contour, which is very kindly um, uh, offered up their space to us. That is a place in Toronto called Contour Gallery. And then um, maybe what, what Jerry sort of sliding by here that's really pretty, I think, impressive about the movie is he shot the movie in 12 days, 12, 13 days, which is, I mean, even TV movies get more than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a large part of that, of course, was everybody's um, everybody's. Uh, dedication and excitement to work with the material and to work with Chikoriti, uh, as well as I think, you know, the, the opportunity for actors to have the chance to say words like this, do scenes like this with people that they love and trust is a big component of how that movie got made. So I'll always be grateful for the fact that those actors, as Jerry said, some of them came in to do it um, and that they did it with such dedication, with real rehearsal, with 
most of the wardrobe was stuff people were pulling from their own closets, how to wow. navigate internally with schedules. And we were begging and borrowing. Uh, my manager's house is the house that plays for Bruce and Bruce Greenwood's and my character's house. Um, my next door neighbors is the house that plays for Paolo Rivera and Tony Napoli's um, scenes. It was all sort of a, a homemade, um, homegrown effort, as well as Jeff's studio in LA, his actual studio where we shot um, the gallery stuff. The cast you have is huge. I mean, again, if you're out, if you're outside of Canada, some of these people you might not recognize. But if you've been in Canada and watched even, I think, a week of TV, you've seen Benjamin Aries, you've seen Kristen Lehman, you've seen David Hewlett, uh, and then you add, you know, yourself and Bruce Greenwood on there. I mean, such a huge cast. The, the fact that that many people could come together in 12 days is absolutely astonishing. When you consider you probably have almost 12 little plot lines here and there. I mean, it's, it's incredible you guys were able to pull that together. Well, I think it speaks to the material and, um, and it speaks to Jerry, that people are willing to come out. And like I said, it speaks to the, you know, the fact that uh, good actors want to say good words with good people around them. Um, and uh, I think the other thing I'd like to sort of mention about all that is we did pay everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We did. But Even we, Jeff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but we did, yeah. but we made the movie for three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars Canadian. So that in and of itself is again, you know, a testament to how people all came together to make something that they all wanted to make. You couldn't do it with Judy Attitudes. You couldn't do it with trailers. You know. Did you get mad at me that I said that Jeff's American and you let that out of the, that cat out of the bag? <laughs> <laughs> now I stand proud with that. Now I stand proud. It's <laughs> Sold to Indican in the states. It's sold to longer media in Canada. Right. Yeah, right. You know. Listen, this is this is a kind of a tribute to the community spirit that we have. Because when Leslie first brought it to me, like, well, how do we do this? Um, I produced a bunch of movies. I produced a bunch of movies in conjunction with other people over, over over the years, and I had done a couple of small movies like 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 this. And the question is, oh, do we go to telefilm? Do we go, you know, knock on doors and and, and whatever? And I'm the one who said, who, who who said, no, the way the way you do it is the material is so strong. And between you and me, we've worked with everybody in this country, so we've got everyone's phone numbers. So all we got to do is like hold them up and say, hey, we've got this piece. If you like it. Why don't you come and do it? And we got it in the hands of, uh, of everybody. But the community is um, the, the community make, makes their living doing, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff that they don't want to do that pays really really well. So they're all hungry to really express themselves and to work with like-minded artists. So when when they saw, like Leslie says, when they saw these words and they saw that it was her and me kind of coming together, they all felt safe and they all they all they all got, got got excited. So it's really kind of a tribute to the communal feeling of making a movie in this country at this level. For you, Jeff, uh, having written all of these characters, was there any of the actors who put a completely different spin on it that you, I'm not assuming this is the case, but when I look at like David Hewlett and Kristen Lehman, you know, they're definitely very out there and <laughs> their, their portrayals, you know, is that the way it was on the page or did anybody kind that, of surprise you and say, I've got a different take on this? That, that scene surprised me. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and I, Leslie and, and, and Bruce were just, I, you know, they did, they did things where it just took my breath away and just, they could not have been done better. I, you know, because I originally had thought on on stage that it, eventually I might do the the Bruce character, um, but uh, I, I could not have done it nearly as well as he did it. And the two of them together is it's what 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 Jerry was just saying about the community spirit of everybody. In, in virtually every scene, 
you know, throughout the shoot, that was the feeling. It was like, we're coming together to do this. And, and, you know, and people just putting themselves out there and doing what the scenes required, but of course, with their own spin and uh, uh, just really showing up beyond what I could have imagined. When this movie actually came out, I'm guessing uh, if you find the release date, you know, obviously it was released pre-COVID, but this movie, I guess, came out around the COVID time. It started to get out there. What was the change? Was was the plan always to get this sort of out there on streaming? I know here in Canada, this is available on Crave. Uh, right after, you know, you mentioned on the interview, Leslie, I, I, every week I just sort of click through to see what's on. I'm like, that's the movie Leslie talked about. It's right there, you know? <laughs> has, it, has it been a bigger struggle? Or in a, a small movie like this, does it give a little bit of a benefit to say, you know, there are so many more of these streaming platforms that are just desperate for content right now? Well, um, you know, part part one of that answer is we did uh, make the, the distribution deal with with Mongrel Media in Canada with the plans of theatrical, which was pre-COVID, but pre-COVID by a week. We opened and uh, we were in the Canadian theaters, I think it was March 6th, um, for our big, you know, opening weekend. And within days, the, the country was shutting down because of COVID. Mongrel went on to take it, as you say, to um, Crave and Apple in Canada. And then we started the process of, or I, I did up how to, how to get it down south with the notion as well that we would have a theatrical release and then, you know, do the regular thing that, you, that we were all looking to do a year and a half ago. Um, so Indican picked it up in the States and the notion was at the time, so now we're, whatever, we are in March or something. Um, well, it'll be... July. This will all be over, right? July-ish, maybe maybe uh, August, and that we would have a fall release in the States and much Which forward. year is the question, right? <laughs> Last year. So, you know, it becomes evident that that's not going to happen in terms of theatrical possibility. And frankly, it's not so much that you're looking at some big moneymaker for a small movie like this in theaters, even pre-COVID, but you're looking to sort of gain recognition and word of mouth and and possibly to make it easier to sell elsewhere. Um, so that, with that being taken away, um, Indican got all over it, and it's now in the states on um, Amazon Prime and Apple in the states as well, and Crave, like you mentioned, in Canada. And the next phase will be where can it go elsewhere from there. But a long-winded answer to your question remains with this: like that, it's still challenging. Um, but I really believe that this movie—you know—if the word can get out, thanks for talking to us, um, and people get their eyes on it that it can still continue to spread. And with the notion that living on streaming means it doesn't have to be this weekend you get out to the theater. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take that as a plus at this point. And I'm going to keep hucking this movie till I drop dead. <laughs> I mean, as you should. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely astonishing performance you give in this. So, you know, again, I'm a big fan of 24. That's why we're covering it this year. You know, but to see you in this, it's like, oh, I had no idea that Leslie had that side of her, you know. And if, if there's any better way you can go, I can't think of a better way you could go out as an actor. Uh, Jerry, even for you, you know, you've worked so much in television you know, to see a big feature film like this, which, uh, you know, very different from what you're going to see in Trudeau. <laughs> again, I think when I kind of finished the movie and saw, you know, this was the director, I'm like, wow, again, didn't necessarily think that this was the type of movie you would make. But I mean, you pulled it off. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, J Jeff, you're in you're in America. Is this picking up some of the steam that Leslie's saying? I mean, uh, there's there's a movie we talked about earlier this year, another small Canadian movie from uh about 20 years ago as well called Treed Murray that David Hewlett was actually in and when we covered the movie we were finding all these reviews of people who were saying oh I caught this on Amazon in America so I mean is, is it kind of picking up there Are you getting some attention for it 
I have not heard anything, but then I'm that's part of the I'm really stupid in that part of the business. So <laughs> it, it, that's true. it could be up and uh, right next to me and I wouldn't really notice it. So I'm the wrong guy to ask that question. <laughs> of. I hope it is. I hope it is because the, the, the work that both of these people did was just, you know, I mean, the, the fact that Jerry could get this done in 13 days was just I, I, I couldn't even imagine. You know, it's just, it, and he shot it, and it looks beautiful too. So it's it's not like he just shot it as a soap opera. It was like, it was it was beautifully lit and beautifully shot, and 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 as you said, Leslie just uh, killed the performance. So yeah, I got to tell you, when when I did watch this, uh, it was late at night. Um, I having to sleep on the couch because you know my wife had to have one of the twins with her, and I'm like, okay, I'll start this movie. I'll see how far I get in job. I, mean, I didn't get to sleep till one in the morning that night. It was easy to watch in one shot. And there was an interesting review I read on IMDb from uh, just one of the viewers that said, you know, this is one of these movies that sort of sticks with you. Like every week that goes by, you're like, you know, I, I, I remember this and I look at this differently. I think that's one of the best things about this movie. You watch it once and a month, two months later, you're still going to be thinking about certain things. So, I mean, round of applause wow. all three. Like, seriously, you, when you plug this movie, I'm like, oh, I hope this will be decent. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm really blown away by this movie. I'm, I'm so happy that you brought this to our attention, that all three of you put what you did into it. Thank you so much, Colin. And I mean, really, thank you for the opportunity to even talk about it. I, I'm a, I really believe in this movie and the work of everybody that's involved in it. And I, and I, ask, I believe if people see it, they, they too will be um, moved by it and maybe stay up all night thinking about it. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, just quickly before we go, uh, you know, Leslie, we gave you when you were on for 24 the opportunity to plug this. Feel free to plug it again. But if there's anything else uh, the three of you want to plug, go right ahead. Jerry? I, I got a couple of things that uh, I'm going to be plugging within, uh, within a couple of months. I can't let the, uh, the cat out of the bag at this, uh, at this stage. But let's just let, let's just say that uh, I've been laying more than planting tomatoes. Let it go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, anything else you want to mention? Um, I would like to say this. I just uh, directed a small music video with an artist named Christina Apostolopoulos uh, called Gratified. You can see on YouTube, and I'm just a big supporter of hers and her music. She's a young singer songwriter, Canadian girl, but uh, raised in um, Santa Barbara. And uh, check her out, Christina Apostolopoulos. You know I will, and we're going to have probably you and her on in a month to do uh, an interview yeah. on that. <laughs> we'll just, you're quickly turning into the queen of the Oz Network here, <laughs> the amount of time yeah. things we have to talk to you. Uh, Jeff, anything else you want to plug right now, or just more Lie Exposed? I've uh, My character is coming to a demise after a year and a half on General Hospital, uh, a soap. I don't know if they have that up there. Of um, course. And, and next year I'll have a book out called uh, The End of the Pain Factory, so... Uh, I'll, I'll plug that. All right. Hey, what, plug your photos as well. Plug yeah, your yeah, work. And I do photo, photography. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I do tintype photography, and, and you can uh, you can uh, you can go on my website and uh, book a session with me, and and you'll look wow. beautiful and different than you've ever seen yourself. <laughs> Next time I'm down there, I'm absolutely doing it. <laughs> You're on. Jerry, Leslie, Jeff, uh, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks thank for you. having me. Really can't thank Leslie, Jerry, and Jeff enough for doing that interview, especially all at the same time. You know, it's great to hear them interact and hear all their different takes and the stories about making. To be honest, before I did this interview, I mean, you sort of figure it's a Canadian film. You know, maybe a little bit just as character drama, a little bit more on the lower budget side. I had no idea how little this movie cost. And if you haven't seen the movie, you know, check it out for a lower budgeted character drama. 
the fact that this movie essentially looks like a million dollar movie to me. I mean, I really have to give credit to everybody involved in this movie. And again, if you're looking for any other reason to check out this movie, I mean, the cast is extraordinary in this. I mean, people are probably going to be familiar with Leslie Hope and Bruce Greenwood, you know, if you're outside of Canada, but so many of these other actors, you really do see them pop up all the time here in Canada. And and really, everybody makes the most with the, the characters they have. And the material that Jeff wrote, you know, the screenplay is just fantastic. This is a perfect example of how a little movie could be done with a lot of people and everybody really gets a chance to shine. So if you are looking for something to watch, if you're here in Canada, if you have Crave TV, which is kind of our big streaming service here in Canada, I guess equivalent to something like HBO Max, uh, then Lie Exposed is on there. You can check it out, whether you have the channel or just the app. Uh, they did mention that you, it's, uh, I believe, available on Amazon Prime in America. Uh, otherwise, just look for however you can find this movie. I mean, it's it's a movie that uh, I already want to watch again. It's a movie that, as I mentioned, you know, one review that I read in there, it just sticks with you. And then the more time passes, more like, oh, I really love that part of the movie. And I, I can't wait to go back and watch it again. So Lie Exposed, check it out. And uh, we have other content that's going to be coming out uh, as you already heard from Leslie Hope. Uh, we talk about Leslie Hope every single week, every single Monday, as we're covering 24 from the beginning. I think we've gone through uh, four episodes have dropped already, maybe. I believe within the first handful of episodes. And we're already almost done recording the entire first season. That's how far ahead we are with this. So there's going to be lots of 24 to come. And our movie recaps are continuing this week. We're doing a tribute to good horror sequels. You put the quotations around good you can put the quotations around horror. You can put the quotations around sequels. We've already had the episode for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, and this week, we're going to be talking about The Strangers Pray at Night, another very little movie that I've kind of been plugging away at and for a couple of years saying I wanted an excuse to talk about. And then we're also going to talk about a very unusual movie, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. You can put the quotations on good if you want on that one. And we're going to end it off with Doctor Sleep. And then leading into the summer, we got lots more movie recaps continue, as I said, 24. Some other TV shows we've been covering in the past that may be making their way back here. And I'm going to say it right now, one of the most exciting interviews we're ever going to do on the Oz Network, one of the biggest stars we'll have the chance to interview should be coming in the next week or two I'm hoping. Uh, We are set to record this interview which I will give no teaser other than the fact that this episode will technically be able to cross over with our our sister show Double Oz 7 as I think the episode's going to be up on both. So if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe because you're going to see a fairly big name popping up for an interview in the next couple weeks and you'll want to check out that episode. Thank you everybody for joining us. My name is Colin and go find Lie Exposed recommend it, review it, buy it, and then tell a bunch of other people to watch it as well. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.